You're listening to the Unpacking It Live podcast, presented by MetaShare. Each week, Bryce, Luke, and Henry unpack sports, faith, and life with the goal of challenging, encouraging, and inspiring you to follow Jesus and become more like Him. Now, from Charlotte, North Carolina, uniting sports fans everywhere, here's your host, Bryce Johnson. Welcome to the Unpacking It Live podcast presented by MetaShare. I'm Bryce Johnson. For the next hour, we will unpack sports, faith, and life with you and the Unpacking It community of sports fans. Luke is here. Henry is here. Our new intern, Landon, is in the studio with me as well, working hard over to my left. So we've got a fun show in store for you. Man, we had two Game 7s in the NBA. I think we had some Game 7s in the Stanley Cup, but I've been following the NBA playoffs. Uh, I know some people are diehard hockey fans. My guess is they are listening to other podcasts today. So if you're looking for the breakdown of the uh, of the hockey, probably, probably better go somewhere else. But if you want some NBA talk, we've got that for you today because Luke is a big Maz fan. He's loving life. I'm a huge NBA fan, and, and we've got a lot to kind of unpack and break down from what we saw yesterday. Blowouts. Blowout central. Unbelievable. Absolutely shocking, and that will be uh, what we're convinced of today. And then also, we'll, we'll get into unpack this, and there was a comment made after the Boston Bucks game that I want to unpack a little bit further, and it has to do with reading the game. So what does that mean? What is it? There was a player on Boston that had the ability to read the game. And how does that translate to our own lives uh, and our spiritual lives? We'll, we'll get to that uh, as well. We'll have some fun with tap drill. And we're a little late in, in this discussion, but it's still huge news. Tom Brady going to Fox as a broadcaster. Once his career is over, you better believe I want to unpack that. So that's huge news. Drew Brees is back in the news, broadcasting, football. What's he going to do next? Very intriguing. Uh, and so we'll have some fun there. And then if we do have time, I saw a movie over the weekend that I want to talk about. It starred Will Smith. And so we'll talk about that too. So we'll, uh, we'll, we'll man, we got a lot to get to. We are brought to you by MetaShare. So thankful for MetaShare. My wife and I, we've been members for over five years MetaShare has provided us with an affordable and effective way to pay for healthcare. MetaShare is an innovative healthcare solution for Christians looking to save money without sacrificing on quality. And so MetaShare is a biblical, affordable alternative to health insurance. And so they, they, they do a great job of saving their members money. And so if you want to check it out, figure out how much money you can save every month, go to MetaShare.com slash unpacking it metashare.com slash unpacking it and and just fill out the information figure out uh if it's the right fit for you uh won't be for everybody but but it does uh fit people like me and so if you're like me it might might be a good spot for you uh to explore so again metashare.com slash unpacking it luke we already had to deal with you and your Kansas Jayhawks winning the, the national championship in college basketball, and now your NBA team is making what I would consider a very surprising, shocking run to the Western Conference Finals. How you doing? How you feeling? Well, let me preface my answer with this. This weekend had the potential to shatter my sports heart. It could have been a weekend of extreme sorrow. Chelsea lost the FA Cup final. I know you hate when I talk about soccer. Who's Chelsea? How's she doing? The, <laughs> the Chelsea Blues, baby. <laughs> Keep the blue flag flying high. They lost the FA Cup final against Liverpool in penalties after already losing in the Carabao Cup final earlier this season to Liverpool in penalties. So that was horrendous. I had a My, cup of coffee this morning. <laughs> Folgers? Yeah, 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 no chance. Yeah, I'm touching that. Specialty craft coffee over here. Oh, okay. Uh, Mr. Winner, Mr. Champion over there. That's right. Then my Dallas Stars lose in Game 7 against Calgary in the first round. But my Dallas Mavericks 
rose from the ashes and extinguished the sun in Phoenix. I like that. It was oh, it was tremendous in just unbelievable fashion. So yes. my Dallas Mavericks saved the weekend for me. It's surreal. The Mavs are in the Western Conference Finals. I, I can't even that doesn't even feel real to me. So it is just unbelievable. So I took a look at the the stats for the for both series, kind of the, the total stats through seven games. And as I'm going down the list of Dallas Mavericks players and, and who averaged, you know, what points per game and all that sort of thing, it is absolutely remarkable that Luca can carry this group of players to the Western Conference Finals. I mean, when I look at Phoenix's roster, even though Chris Paul is older, and we're talking about a Hall of Fame player. DeAndre Ayton was a number one pick. Devin Booker is a, a, a rising, he's a star. He's a potential superstar in this league. And they're, they lose to Finney Smith. And, you know, Brunson's legit. But even, but he's, he wasn't necessarily real highly touted coming out of Villanova. Kind of like a nice player you guys got a little bit later in the draft. And, and this is a team, Spencer Dinwiddie, nobody's wanted him. He's bounced around the league. He's yep. coming off the bench. And this team has gone this far. I, I'm, I'm so impressed. Jason Kidd, we kind of wrote him off as a, as a head coach a little bit. Um, and, and, you know, with, with, the, with the Bucks, it didn't fully work out there. Now he gets his chance at, with another superstar, and here they are. Here they are in the mix. People are even picking them to beat the Warriors. I won't be one of them. I'll continue to doubt them. Uh, I've been wrong so far, but I'll, I'm just going to stay on that bandwagon since we know where you come out on this. So, uh, yeah. so we'll let you, uh, we'll let you ride that, that bandwagon. But I, I, I was so impressed last night and, and before I, I let you respond, let, let me just, let me just start our, I'm convinced segment by, by saying this, I'm convinced that it doesn't make any sense that game sevens would end in a blowout. I, I, I just don't get this. I, I, because all all the information and my understanding would be in a game seven situation, this would come down to the final possession. It means that through six games, you're absolutely even. And then in the game seven, the, the Bucks apparently just had nothing left. And then Phoenix forgot how to play basketball from start from the very beginning. They were totally lost. They couldn't hit a shot. They didn't know what they were doing. They were in way over their head. And in a game seven, it doesn't make sense that this would be the outcome that we saw, let alone who won, but just that it would be this big of a gap. And, and for your Mavs, this was from the opening tip, really. I mean, Dallas just, whew, we're here to play, and we are not looking back. So there you go. That's what I'm convinced of. Oh, I was, it was just such happiness. It's, it was such greatness watching that game. Going into Phoenix, no away team had won a game the whole series. And this is crazy. And the Suns clearly the better team. I mean, they won 64 games all season. Oh, and then the Mavs go in. Coach of the year. Coach of the year. Love Monty Williams. So I'm well, yeah. I'm I'm sad for him, not sad for the Suns players. But I'm sad for Thunder Dan Marley and my uh, figurine I've got in the studio here. <laughs> but the, from the jump, Dallas sets the tone and oh I, I, we were texting, though, and I was saying, even though we're up 30 at halftime, I'm still stressed. I'm still nervous <laughs> until well, the final buzzer sounds. The Suns scored 27 points at halftime. This, the, the halftime score was Luka, 27, Phoenix, 27. 27 points on halftime. That's just unbelievable. Jason Kidd turned this Mavs team into a great defensive team. Oh, I'm just so happy. So if you are, if you hate the Mavs, I'm sorry for your listenership today. Because as a Mavs fan, I am so happy. This is tremendous. Uh, I also need to point out, it is egregious that Devin Booker finished ahead of Luka in MVP voting. Oh, how is that? How is that possible? Are you kidding totally me? Agree. Are you kidding I mean, I guess me? Better record, but still, this yeah. team is special, though. The, Charles Barkley said this on TNT. He said Luka being hurt. I, I I think I am convinced of this. Luca being hurt in the Utah series benefited Dallas. Yes, because right. it gave Dinwiddie and Brunson confidence. Yeah, it gave them confidence to know, hey, we are killers out here. We can get buckets 
we're really good players. And it's just different. When Dinwiddie and Brunson are out there able to isolate and get and get buckets, you can't necessarily just double Luka, and then other guys are hitting shots. Oh, it's so good. Special team, man. You make the conference finals, anything can happen. A- absolutely. And and the Warriors, I mean, they really escaped that Memphis series. Memphis played them tough even without uh, Ja, and that was surprising to me. They stole a, a game, uh, blew the Warriors out. What, what game was that? Game six? Um, that was a surprising one. And and so, yeah, going into this series, I still have to go with with the champs, with Steph. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to pick against them. But you're right. This Dallas team, you can't really explain it based on <laughs> common sense or, or or the roster or, or or what. But Luka makes players better. And I was thinking about it because I really think Giannis did this as well with the Bucks because that Bucks roster was not great either, especially without Chris Middleton. When you're when you're relying on Pat Connaughton and Grayson Allen and the 55 year old George Hill, I mean, you know, you needed one of those guys to step up, and none of them did. And, and Giannis and, and Luca, they are true superstars, and they're in another level that guys like James Harden, guys like Kyrie, they're, they're not on that level because they don't make players better. Luca and Giannis do. They get the most out of those guys, or they at least can carry teams that you wouldn't expect could get as far as they get. And, and that's why those two, to me, Luca and Giannis, are, are really the, the the face of the league right now and, and what they're doing. I'm going to talk about Jason Tatum in a minute, but uh, I, I'm so impressed, even Giannis in the loss. I mean, you look at his stats. I mean, it's just ridiculous, setting records for the amount of points, rebounds, and, and, and assists in a seven-game series. Uh, he, he you know just couldn't hit as many shots yesterday in that Boston series. Um, some of those rimmed out, and it just wasn't, it wasn't their night either. But let, me, I, let me ask you this. What do you make of that Suns performance? Like, I don't want to just be Mr. Mavs guy, oh, bash on the Suns, but I'm genuinely curious. What yeah, happened? I, I know. I, I was thinking about that going in because, yeah, you're, of course, feeling great about Dallas and, and how well they played. But, but this I, is a story of Phoenix yeah. laying an egg and absolutely blowing it. They were up 2-0 in this series. I know. And I, I don't, I don't, I, I'm not so much a Mavs turner. I just have a heart of stone over here. Like, if I was a Suns fan, I would be so, I mean, that's so sad and disappointing. And I, I, again, I'm sad for Monty Williams, who's a great coach, and he's watching his players out there. They just couldn't do anything. It just, it was mind-blowing. Yeah, you do wonder what happened before the game. Like, something something had to have happened. I mean, this just doesn't, this just doesn't add up. Like, for yeah, everybody. From the tip, the first second the game started, it was an energy difference. Like, it was clearly different. It's one thing if one of your guys has an off game, but for all of your players, nobody could could get hot. I mean, yeah. that's that's a crazy thing, and really never even made a, a run to, no. to give Dallas a scare. Dallas just kept rolling, rolling. There was this was never a game. It allowed me to get a good night's sleep last night. I didn't have to stay up and watch the whole thing. So uh, so that was that was nice. But but I do think the the criticism for Chris Paul is definitely fair when you look at his career and and really not able to step it up in the big moments in the big series because he's now been a part of five of the last 13 blown 2-0 leads. Wow. That's a big deal. And and so we know those Clippers teams underachieved. You know, he I probably he probably overachieved in New Orleans. Uh things didn't work out in Houston. And you know, last year was a great run all the way to the championship to then lose to the Bucks. But but these types of situations in series where you should have won. I mean, the Phoenix was the better team. They're at home in a game seven situation. You have to win this. You at least have to keep it close. So yeah. I, they're going to have to, they're, they're going to have an interesting off season. We don't have to spend a ton of time talking about it, but they're going to have to make a decision on Deandre Ayton. And you know, how much does Chris Paul really have left? He, he doesn't have enough to go, you know, real strong in the regular season and carry you in the playoffs or, or even be that, that number two be guy that behind size. Brooklyn. He's turning 38 next year. Yeah. The fact that he's in the league playing at a high level is unbelievable. So, and I also don't want to bash on CP to the extent like he's a hall of famer, one of the best point guards to ever play this game. Do I want to see him get a ring? Yeah. Oh, but, I don't want, I don't want that. Really? No, I think no, it would be great. No, thank you. Oh, I no, think it'd be great to see him get a ring. One? 
Nah, he doesn't want. No, no. We're, we're, we're so no you're, you're okay with he's in the camp of Charles Barkley, Allen Iverson, best players to never get a ring. You're fine with yep. him there? Uh, yeah, but those two guys, to me, carried their teams even more than he did. I mean, yeah. Allen Iverson was taking these types of Dallas, this Dallas roster. Allen Iverson did that with Aaron McKee and Eric Snow and Tyrone Hill and all mm. those guys. Todd McCullough. Yeah, th- that was a finals team. I may, I may be off on one or two guys, but that, that's, that, that was what he was doing. And so, yeah, Luka fits into that category when LeBron took Booby yeah, Gibson and Cavs. Eric Snow, all those guys yeah, to, the, yeah. to the finals. Um, very very uh, interesting. And then the other aspect of this, too, is Dallas taking this step forward. They're actually going to be able to build an even better roster around him, but I don't think that they have to go get another superstar. You don't have to go get some unhappy superstar. I don't think so. I think you just have to fill it with, you know, kind of those those solid star type Chris Middleton type guys. Like those are those are those are that's oh, what yeah. needs. That's what Luca needs. Okay, or yeah. maybe an all star. Not every year, but can be an all star. That's that's what makes a great team to me. And I think we're going back to this era. This is what Jimmy Butler Thank has you. in Miami. Thank you. Jimmy, Yes. Jimmy Butler is a very good player. He's one of the top players in the league. But the number two player, uh, I mean, they, they're just Bam? They're, they're Bam nine out yeah. Bam out of bio. He's probably their second best player. And he'll be an all-star kind of every other year here and there. But, yeah, they're just loaded. They're deep. And, and now the Celtics are that way, too. Tatum is a superstar in the making. He's almost there. This series probably puts him in that, in that conversation. But Jalen Brown, to me, is more of that, that secondary star. And then you get the veteran guy like Al Horford. So we see how you build a team. These four, I like how these four this teams is, are built. Yes. This um, is so great. What, what more can we ask for in the conference finals? You have four teams. Flip of the coin. Who's going who's gonna, to who's gonna hang a banner? I have no idea. Heat Celtics? It's going to be tremendous. Warriors, Mavs? I mean, come on. Yeah. Josh uh, on Facebook just commented, Dallas can beat everyone and lose to anyone. I think that's the case for every team in the play. Every team who made the conference finals, they all can beat each other. They all can lose to each other. We are in store for a tremendous conference finals. This that's is, right. This is amazing. I am so so excited to watch this basketball because we don't have the clear cut, you know, LeBron in in the you know that type of player. Yep. In this in this final four, and then we don't have the unbelievably talented Golden State Warriors team with Kevin Durant. That's yeah. like unbeatable. So that those teams have been removed, which we saw for you know three, four years in a row. And and now it is wide open. Now we have a Warriors team with a lot to prove. A, a little undermanned. Uh, you know, it just they don't quite have the depth. Looney was actually great. I was gonna say undersized, but Looney Looney stepped up. What do you have? Like 20 rebounds? Looney's a Mavs great. Drafted uh, by Dallas. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Discovered by Dallas. Solid, yeah. Solid role player. So we'd love to know your thoughts on these these final four teams that that, that we, made uh, it. Who we got one for? more. Dalton on Facebook commented. He's convinced Aiton has just played his last game in a Suns jersey. I'm hoping he comes to Charlotte. I'm hoping the Hornets go Ooh, get him. DeAndre Aiton, LaMelo Ball. Yeah, that would, be, a, that would be nice. Need a big man. He would be more on the trajectory kind of age-wise with LaMelo. So we'd love to, to see that happen. Um, and, then, and then I'm just interested, you know, also, you know, what a letdown these games were too. You know, people were probably excited like I was to watch a game seven, and this was not what we anticipated. So there is a little bit of a letdown there. But what's yeah. the excitement level now with these four teams left? Let us know. Uh, you can leave your comments on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, wherever you're listening. Uh, we also have our, our website where you can watch unpackingit.com slash live. That's available as well. So, so check that out. But let's, let's jump into unpack this, and we'll talk more about the Celtics because this, this Jason Tatum story I think is very interesting, just what he did in this, this series uh, against the Bucs. Because I, I'm a Duke fan. I love Jason Tatum. I, I love what he did at Duke and, and really expected him to be a really good player. I think he's even better than I anticipated. But in this series, I was going to take Giannis. I was going to say, all right, in a Game 7 situation, I'm taking Giannis. I told somebody at church yesterday, so now I'm wrong. You That's have fine. to until proven otherwise, almost. You just have to take the Bucks until they lose four. The reigning champs, absolutely. And I do think they just, they, 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 they just ran out of gas, and Giannis had to, put, had to do so much 
whereas Boston could share a little bit of the love. And, and go, early in that first quarter, all of a sudden, Grant Williams is, is shooting threes left and right. Can and, we? And he's missing those. He's missing those. And I, I said out loud, I told Maddie, <laughs> I was watching in the, in the basement, this guy stinks. This guy's shooting three threes, and he stinks. And he finishes with 20-some points. Unbelievable yeah. from three. An incredible game for Grant Williams. Yeah. But they had the Celtics had somebody step up. Whereas the Bucs were looking around going, hey, is anybody going to step up? And, and nobody did. That's right. In a game seven, you scratch everything. Which team has the best player? And then can a team have a role player have a big night? Yep. And, you know, for Dallas, it was Dinwiddie. And yep. they had the best player in Luka. For Boston, Grant Williams, I thought this was a typo. I was looking at the box score. He shot 18 three-pointers. Yeah, like I said, seven of eighteen. I'm like, wait, seven, that has to be seven of eight. No way, he shot eighteen. Eighteen threes. How do you even? That's an accomplishment to have that many attempts. I never shot eighteen shots in a game in my entire life. Let alone eighteen threes. Your teammates that's remarkable. I was doing the dirty work. I was cleaning up the glass. That's right. on the floor for loose balls. That's right. I think my best game ever. I scored eighteen points. So that, Did you so, really? Let alone shoot 18 times. Yeah. <laughs> I think I was in fifth. I peaked in about fifth grade. That was my best basketball. Wow. Then you uh, took your talents era. to the pool. That's right. And I was, it's stuck to the speedo. So <laughs> the, uh, the unpack this topic every week is we, we take a sports story related to the Bible, related to our own lives. And, and so Jason Tatum in this series, he averaged tw- over 27 points, over six rebounds, over five assists, a steal, and a block. Shot 43% from the field, 37% from three, and, and had an all-around great series. Well, following this, uh, this game, Game 7, I was listening to the coverage, the post-game over on NBA TV, and, and Matt Weiner said something that, that really jumped out to me. He said, in talking about Jason Tatum and, and what he did in Game 6 when he scored 46 points and nine rebounds, compared to Game 7 when he had 23 points and 8 assists. This is what Matt Weiner said. He said, he has read the game incredibly well the last two games. When they needed him to score, when they, when they identified mismatches in Game 6, he did that. Tonight, he was a distributor. He found the three-point shooters, and, and, and end quote. And so the Celtics ended up hitting 22 threes, Grant Williams being one of the key contributors in that. And, and part of it was, you know, the, the defense would sort of collapse on Tatum and Grant Williams was wide open. And, and so Tatum was willing to, to kind of dish and, and not, not shoot as many times. I think he only shot 14 times in, in game seven compared to lighting it up in game six when they needed him to score. They needed him to carry the team. He shot seven of 15 from three in game six. And so what I take from that, that quote from Matt Weiner is he says he has read the game incredibly well. And what I've realized in, in watching you know, a lot of basketball is the superstars understand how to read a game. They understand when they need to be the scorers, when they need to be aggressive and get to the rim. They know when they, they need to get a certain player involved. Uh, they, they know when... They've got to guard the, the other team's best player. All right, I got to step up defensively. Maybe I won't be as aggressive on offense, but I'm going to step it up defensively. And sometimes it's for a quarter. Sometimes it's for a possession here or there. You know, they have the ability to read a game. That's what separates them. A lot of guys can jump and shoot and all that, but the greats understand they have a feel for the game. They have a sense, kind of that, that sixth sense for, for, for understanding what, what their teammates need what their team needs and and what you know what's going to be best in order to to get the win that night. And and so the way that this parallels to our own lives is as followers of Jesus we have the ability to operate uh with discernment that that we have the ability to you know quote unquote read the game or read the room or or read a person and and we do this because of the Holy Spirit that lives within us. And, and so we have to tap into that, that, that ability. And, and for some, it's, it's probably more of a gift than, than others. But I think all of us have the ability 
to discern. And, and, and I would say two things. One, there are practical ways to discern, but then ultimately we have the ability to discern good and evil, discern which way God is leading us, discern you know, what God wants us to do in, in certain situations, and, and, and being able to be alert and aware to have the discernment to know when someone needs us, what they need from us, and kind of understanding the timing of those things as well. And, and just some examples of this. To me, the ability to discern when someone needs encouragement, when someone needs you know, a hug, when someone needs kind of the, the, the lifting up, versus sometimes we need to have the discernment to know that someone needs a little uh, kick in the backside, a little tough love, a little, hey, I, I noticed this, this is going on. What are you doing? What's going on? You know, what's happening? Um, and, and we have to we have to step up in those those situations. We also have to have to have the ability, and we do have the ability. We just have to be intentional about this and be aware of this to to know when someone is hurting and and they have a specific need. And and sometimes that's prayer um, that that we can come alongside and pray for pray for that need and join them in that or provide that need that they have. Uh, but we have to open our eyes and ask God to reveal those things to us. So that when we're around people, when we enter into a room, when we're uh, on the floor, so to speak, or on the court, so to speak, um, those are opportunities for us to, to have that kind of discernment. Um, I know as a husband, I have to discern sometimes, and I don't always do great at, with this, when my wife just needs me to listen and when my wife needs an answer. You know, she's looking for a solution. Uh, as you probably have heard before, men are, sometimes we can be solution-based. All right, come on, why don't you just do this? <laughs> I'll tell my wife, come on, just, just, just do it. Just fix this or, you know, and she just needs me to listen. And I have to discern to know the difference. And sometimes, you know, my, my daughter, she's almost three. Um, so we're just getting into some of the, you know, kind of the discipline or, hey, no, we're not doing that. Um, so sometimes she needs that discipline, that, that tough love. And other times she needs grace and I need to have, you know, more understanding, but I have to discern some of that. Okay. She's just being difficult. She's testing me right now. So I need to be a little bit you know, firmer versus other times. All right, she's tired. Let me show her grace and, and we'll move forward. So these are, these are the, the different opportunities kind of practically, but, but then spiritually speaking, it's, it's knowing the difference between what God has told us in his word and, and understanding truth versus lies and right versus wrong, good versus evil and, and a couple of verses we could go with, but we'll go with Philippians uh, 1, 9 through 11 um, and Paul's writing. And this is my prayer that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth or insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. And so we, you know, we could pray for that to, to have more knowledge and, and insight and, and to be able to, to discern what is best. So I love that being able to discern what is best. So we pray for that. We're intentional about it. We're aware. Uh, and this happens as we spiritually grow, as we mature in our faith, as we understand God's word more and more, as we spend more time with him, knowing him, uh, praying, listening to him, uh, we'll be able to have more discernment. Um, and, and really you know, allow the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us. Luke, Jason Tatum demonstrated uh, an ability to read the game. I would say Luca has that, that ability as well. Uh, LeBron always had that. He knew games where he had to you know, get other guys involved and, and games where he had to take over, and certain moments in games where he had to, to take over. Uh, but coming to our, relating it to our own lives, what, how do you kind of navigate discernment and what comes to mind uh, when you think about this this topic of, of discernment, yeah, I mean, what comes to mind for me is discernment is related to wisdom, and absolutely, Proverbs says wisdom begins with the fear of the Lord, mm. and we God is who gives wisdom. So if discernment's related to wisdom and wisdom comes from God, then we can't pretend that we and ourselves and our own strength can discern. Like those who can really discern what is true are those who fear the Lord, those who are united in Christ, those who have the Holy Spirit, those who have repented and placed their faith in Jesus Christ. Even in 1 Corinthians, Paul talks about, you know, foolishness, or the world sees 
the truth of God is foolishness and they don't understand because the spirit it's it's spiritual discernment. So the Holy Spirit discernment begins in our own lives as we're discerning, okay, what is true and what is not true. If we discern that the God, what God has revealed is true in his word, that means we have the Holy Spirit guiding this discernment. So that's the first huge thing in our lives that are we discerning what is true? And then once we've been made alive through the Holy Spirit, through faith and repentance in Christ, then it's as God matures us by the power of his spirit, we discern God's will in our lives. We discern things to say yes to, things to say no to. We discern, hey, that's sin. We discern, hey, that's a good thing to pursue. And it's constant submission to God who gives wisdom and discernment. And man, when I think of my own life, praise God that he's maturing me. And as he's maturing me, God, I'm able to see things for what they are. I'm able to see, okay, that's sin. I need to step away. I'm able to see, hey, that's a good thing I need to pursue as God helps me discern. And especially in our culture, where truth is such a relative term, it's thrown around, it means nothing anymore. Mm. We, re- we need discernment. We have got to discern what is true. The concept of truth is at the forefront of cultural discussions, and we need to go to God, who gives discernment and wisdom by the power of his Spirit. So that's kind of what my mind jumps to, is relating discernment to wisdom, and we only get wisdom from God. Amen. Absolutely. And, and one other thing, when we feel that, that prompting and, and when we you know, kind of have discernment, I think there's something going on with, with my buddy or I, I, that something didn't sound right. Like that didn't, that didn't, I wonder what's happening. We have to lean into that. We have to lean into that. Yep. And, and if, if, it, if it is a prompting and, and I think oftentimes we'll go, eh, he's probably fine. Ah, no big deal. No big deal. He's all right. He's all right. And, and we miss out on an opportunity mm-hmm. to, to, to step in and, 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 you know, provide something, whether that's encouragement, whatever. And then again, we have to discern kind of what then what the next step is. But it's being led by the Holy Spirit and 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 being able to to act on it, you know, and and to be obedient in those situations. Uh, so we have to lean in when when we sense that that we need to. Uh, so that's that's a an important important skill or gift and and just kind of you know in in, in spiritual growth that that we yeah we can it's something on. to ask for. It's not yeah. just waiting around for God to give it. I mean, God tells us through his word, ask for wisdom. God will give us wisdom. Therefore, he will give us discernment, the ability to discern between truth and lies, good and evil. So ask for it. God wants to grant us discernment as he seeks to mature us and make him more like his son, Jesus. So it's uh, certainly something to ask for, which sometimes feels weird. I guess I'm speaking for myself here because I so easily want to kind of think inward on my own strength. Oh, I can't believe I didn't discern that. Mm. Oh, man, I'm not discerning like that guy. Well, in my own strength, of course not. But I need to ask God. That needs to propel me. Okay, God, would you help me discern more? Mm. Because I can't rely on my own strength for this. I can't discern. In my own strength, I'm just going to choose sin. I'm going to choose the wrong thing every time. So I need your grace. I need your strength through the power of your Spirit to be able to discern. So I, yeah, again, speaking for my own self, we can't condemn ourselves for lacking discernment if we're never asking for it mm. because we don't have it in ourselves. We can't discern in our own strength. So we need That's to good. ask God for it. Amen. Absolutely. So, there you go. Hopefully that's encouraging to everyone today. The uh, the Unpack This devotional goes out Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and, and so you can receive the written version of this topic uh, in your email inbox by going to unpackingit.com slash subscribe. And we encourage you to pass it on to, to friends and family, and, and, and hopefully uh, they'll sign up and, and receive it as well. And so we just want to encourage sports fans to follow Jesus and become more like him. And, and so we try to take topics and, and relate them to our own lives and use it to encourage, challenge, and inspire. So uh, thank and it you. It is for, truly for free. Reading. No gimmicks at all. It is actually a free resource. That's like right. We, we really just want to encourage sports fans to follow Jesus. So there's there's no, yeah, there's no sign up and you'll get spammed by stuff. It's we really <laughs> want people to engage with God's word, to engage with the truth of what God has revealed, and yeah. So 
we're we're passionate about this resource and i know when bryce writes i'm encouraged i read them all we get to hear from luke on wednesday so uh oh, yeah be, be looking out for that so luke's back in the, in the writing seat on on wednesday <laughs> so yeah so check that out and you know it is free we also we have to thank our our donors so so donors support this ministry uh people give monthly ten dollars five hundred dollars fifty dollars a hundred dollars uh people give throughout the year and we're very very grateful for everyone that supports our ministry that allows us to do this podcast allows us to do the devotional and and the, the fellowship opportunities that we offer as well so we're very very grateful Thanks to MediShare for being our presenting sponsor and supporting our ministry as well. All right, so a couple other things going on in in the sports world. Last week, the NFL schedule was released. I'm looking at my Panthers. I'm thinking maybe nine wins is 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 hopeful. A couple couple opportunities that uh, that I feel like all right, the Panthers could they could they could beat them. It kind of depends on how bad Atlanta is, how bad. The Saints are this year. We'll talk about Drew Brees in a little bit. Then the other kind of just some of the interesting things from from the schedule. The Bears have no road games in December, uh, which is unique. Uh, Kind of good timing for them. The AFC West will have 19 primetime games, the second most in NFL history. So we're going to see a lot of Denver and my Chargers and the Raiders. And, and so that'll be that'll be interesting. Of course, the Chiefs, as we always see them. Um, and then the Texans, they will play three teams that will come off of by the previous week. So the Texans, are, it's going to be a long season for them, it seems like. Oh. Unless Davis Mills becomes a revelation, um, which he was okay last year. He was kind of under the radar, their quarterback. Uh, but the Texans, it's going to be tough. Lovey Smith back in, in kind of head coaching again. Uh, he was in college for a while and then as a coordinator. So uh, so that's fascinating. Uh, anything else jump out to you with the NFL schedule? Well, I'm just still adjusting to the extra game. Like, how to value nine wins or ten wins or True. 11 wins. And I don't like that. Like, going through the schedule, I'm still, I'm still in the system of it's a 16-game season. But oh, that yeah. extra game, it, it feels like it changes everything for me on what's a successful season. And as I'm even trying to process, because I really just go into it, how many wins is it going to take to win the division? Mm. I just want to win the division, get to the playoffs, <laughs> and, you know, in the NFC least, uh, maybe uh, nine games is what it's going to take. But I don't know. That, that's how I'm trying to go into it. I'm really not sure. I would love to get 11 wins. I think that'd be awesome. But we'll see. You want to go undefeated, of course. But, yeah, what's realistic? So um, that's – yeah, I'm 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 probably hopeful on the nine wins with the Panthers, but I do think we, the Panthers have enough talent if McCaffrey's healthy uh, to at least be in that in that range uh, and at least be in the mix for at least a wild card at some point in the season. At least be in the mix at some point in the season. That's what I'm hoping for. Um, and maybe Darnold, I don't know, taps into something if he's got some more time this year with a better offensive line. So we'll, we'll see about that. Cowboys uh, have uh, Texans and Jags back-to-back in December. Oh, How gosh. awesome is that? That's Man, nice. If, if Dallas had a, has a struggle November, you could got, you got two games you can count on to bounce back. That's, that's incredible. Um, so the other thing I wanted to mention today, so over the weekend, you know, saw some good basketball, watched, watched you know, those, those blowouts yesterday. I watched the best movie I've watched this year. I'm a little behind on this, but finally got around to King Richard. The story of Richard Williams and the, the Williams sister, uh, sisters, Serena and, and Venus. This is a really cool movie. And, you know, as a sports fan, we, we know those, those two women and, and how good, well, really, they were girls when they got, you know, kind of made it. But the career that both of them had, remarkable. But to see how it started and to see it on the big, I watched on my TV, the big screen, so to speak, just <laughs> with big time actors, well done. You know, it's a, Will Smith won, won the Oscar for his performance. He was phenomenal. Um, it's too bad that it, it was overshadowed with the shenanigans and the, and the slap. Uh, <laughs> but, but Will Smith is still a great actor. I uh, still love his movies. So um, that was all unfortunate on the on the side stuff, but anyway, this movie was was really good. So I, I recommend it. I, it was kind of eye opening. I don't know that I agree with everything. Like his approach to making these two girls become superstars is such a commitment that as a dad, I probably wouldn't be willing to do or <laughs> would want my daughters to go through 
all that they had to go through in order yeah. to become the greatest. Breaking oh. news, Michaela and Maddie are signed up for tennis lessons starting next week. <laughs> That's, right. That's right. I did. I was kind of, I was like, oh, I kind of want to watch tennis after watching the movie. I, was like, oh, I don't watch a ton of tennis, but I was like, oh, I'm, I'm into it now. But, but tennis is a great sport. I only played it like one summer. I went to a tennis camp, uh, but, but never really got into it. So anyway, the movie was great. My question though, people can chime in on this. You can leave a comment, email, text. What sports story deserves the big screen? And mm. I'm not talking about a documentary. You know, a lot of good stories, good sports stories. It's nice to get the documentary. You kind of get the behind the scenes and you put all the pieces together. And it's like, oh, that's cool. That was, that was awesome. Um, you know, the last dance, whatever. Uh, the 30 for 30s. Those are all great. We saw Kurt Warner's story, uh, American Underdog. Great movie. Love that one. Yeah. I think his was absolutely deserving of that type of big, big picture with you know, Dennis Quaid and Zach Levi. It was awesome. Um, but what other story? I, I thought about Kobe Bryant. I think that would be interesting on the, on the big screen. I think Tiger Woods eventually. I, to me, the Tiger Woods, I don't even know if you can put it in a two-hour movie. It's almost too much. No, no chance. You almost have, no to have, you have to pick like one one chapter of his of his career or life. Gosh, you need they like could a, do the you exact need a trilogy movie on Earl Woods. Actually, yeah, you need a trilogy for Tiger. There's yeah. just man, so much is going on. Well, do you think of anything? Is there any clear sports stories in the Charlotte area that deserve to be on the big screen? Maybe a, no. Jale- a, a Jake Delhomme movie. <laughs> no way. I mean, it'd be good. That's like a, a short film. Um, we for sure have one person in the theater watching that. That's right. Mr. That's Bryce right. Johnson. So to me, it's it's got to be something like, I think sports stories, yeah, real sports stories are awesome, but we've already lived it. Like we already kind of know so much about it. That's why the movie that King Richard really wasn't about their actual tennis career. Um, it was yeah. more about growing up, which we had no idea, really. And and so they were able to portray that, which then puts in perspective the sports story that we do know. And so to me, that's that's the answer. And same with Kurt Warner. You got to know it wasn't really about American Underdog wasn't about his time in the NFL. It was getting to the NFL because we already know what it was like you know, to a certain extent in the NFL because we were watching him. So that's what that's what I'm curious for people to think about. We'd love to know your feedback on that. Uh, what comes to mind, uh, kind of off the field, the the, the journey to yeah. the sports peak. So I'm going off the dome here. A Tim Tebow movie, his upbringing, his parents are missionaries. Yep. I, I bet there's some. I bet that, could, that all the backstory to him and his faith, living that out at Florida, his NFL career. I bet that could be an interesting movie. There's potential in. Maybe a movie, and just in Dallas, a movie about Delonte West. I don't know what's yes, going to come. I thought of him. I so, did think of him. NBA player to homeless. Yep. To then Mark Cuban getting him off the streets, and now he had a big three tryout. I mean, there's obviously we're still waiting to see how it plays out, but that's a potential for a a crazy story to turn into a movie. Because again, no your point is. We have already seen all the sports. We don't need uh, to cover the sports again. But what made the Kurt Warner movie great is all the background, the family life, and all that went on that doesn't really get covered and that actors can actually portray. Yes. And it's not just uncomfortable or cheesy. No, true. That's the key. Because if it's just recreating games, eh, I'd rather watch the, I'd just rather watch the, give me the real footage. Yeah. Yeah. No, no question. Um, Actually, you mentioned Mark Cuban. The Mark Cuban story, I would think, would be pretty interesting. I think so, too. Um, and I've been watching a lot of Shark Tank lately, um, so I'm a big big hmm. Cuban fan. But, I, you know, I was also thinking, is there, is there somebody that, that is more uh, – that's in the public that has two personas? You've got crazy Dallas fan slash owner Mark Cuban <laughs> who wears T-shirts tucked into jeans. And then, <laughs> and then, and then you have Mark Cuban, the, the Mr – cocky billionaire on shark tank that's that's investing in uh like dairy free snacks and, yeah. and and turning them into huge companies it's hilarious <laughs> like i it's just i yeah it's fascinating okay so me. <laughs> let me pause you right there because i am passionate passionate about this <laughs> i really do have a commitment to never be tucked in shirt guy even even for collared shirts like golf shirts go in the church no we're going to untucked, 
We're not tucking it in. For sure, never being t-shirt tucked in. <laughs> so, like that—that that oh, is brutal. that is egregious. To you cannot justify it. But I'm wondering at With what no age. Belt. I don't think you can have a belt. Well, even if it's tucked in belt in jeans, it's a t-shirt. But at what age do do men start thinking, you know, I I ought to maybe tuck this in. Are you a tucked in the t-shirt, tucked in the jeans guy? Because to me, it's inexcusable. No, 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 not not t-shirts. Collared shirts, button downs, that's fine. I personally am not a huge fan. I mean, sometimes I do. I'd rather untuck just for comfort, but t-shirts into jeans, even t-shirts tucked into, into short, khaki shorts. No, no <laughs> t-shirts that's, should that's, not be tucked rough. in. That can, that can be rough. The cargo shorts. Well, yeah, yeah. Tucked in, tucked to me, in t-shirts t-shirt can never be tucked shorts. in. If you're going to tuck in, put on a shirt with a collar. If you cannot tuck in a t-shirt in any circumstance, but to me, there, there seems to be, it's when you reach age 50 then it's like all of a sudden these new thoughts enter your mind it's you know i ought to tuck this where do those thoughts come from i, yeah. I don't understand I, i've had I've, i'm there i'm in that season you know two kids kind of puts you over the top and oh. it's like all right i'm i'm full on my life is being a dad now i wear white shoes with my jeans uh, unapologetically i <laughs> i now wear uh pants that you know that make the sound whoosh, whoosh, wind pants wind pants i now wear wind pants with white shoes and and i'll even wear a polo shirt with those well so, so here's I, the trifecta white air monarchs wind pants t-shirt tucked in oh yeah a nice That's saturday morning going to pick yeah, up yeah. donuts for the kids yep like if i see you hat. with a floppy hat well you wear flo- floppy hats well, but, yeah, <laughs> the rest of the attire is, is justifiable. If I see someone in a donut shop on a Saturday morning with Air Monarchs, wind pants, and a T-shirt tucked in, automatic ignoring. No chance of conversation. They don't deserve to be talked to. He's Outcast. He's dad trying to, trying to live life, man. He's just trying to survive. Actually, I'll take that back. I now need to make it – I need to take it upon myself to call them out. For, like to love them in a way, hey man, yeah, you, you just can't wear that. You can't you, do it. You need to discern that this brother is <laughs> this brother is barely hanging on. All right, this guy needs a hug. You got to discern that man. He's tucking in. He's tucking in. He's in trouble. But I can't send him back out to the battlefield with no armor. No, well, that's I got to arm him with some better with a better look. Yeah, you got to have something ready in your car. You man. know, man. It's good, you know. I think this is good. You have like a, you know, a bag or food ready to go. If if if, you, if a homeless person, you know, hey, here's a bag of, of some yep. food. Be ready. Be ready for that. But if you see a dad walking around with tucked in shirt and he's barely hanging on, you need to be ready to to equip him with with something better. Bring him, bring him back, bring him back to life. That's right. He's struggling, man. Hey, man, tell me what's going on. I know things can't be going right right no, now. No, <laughs> I've been there. I know it. I know it. You haven't shaved in a few days. You haven't slept in a few days. That's right. Just barely hanging on. So, Man. There you go. Anyway. We, we, a Cuban. Cuban got us going on that. Cubans. So Cuban has billions of dollars, and he's still yeah. tucking his shirt in. Oh. Like, come on, man. Like, it's cool that you wear shirts kind of. Like, it's to me, it's kind of annoying when I see, like, CEOs wearing T-shirts. Like, that's a whole trend. And it's like, all right, fine. All right. I'll give it to you. But then when you're wearing with the jeans on the sideline, like you're in the you're in the huddles with (laughs) get out of here, cubes. Come on. Let me pose this question. There's two ends of the spectrum here. Rich billionaire who he is wearing the part. I mean, diamond, everything, expensive clothes, only wear suits. Or would you rather have T-shirt into jeans guy where they're I mean, they're trying to be the uh, common man. And they're 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 playing down the fact that I have more money than everyone else. Which which would you rather have? I think even though I just dogged on it, give me casual guy. I think I was I was actually looking at this on Shark Tank. I like the suit opened. I think that's a good look without the tie. That's a good it's look. It's like it's sharp. It's professional, and you're not uptight with a with a tie. So <laughs> that's probably what I would I would lean on. Yeah. Um. I've never been able to fully embrace the sport coat jean guy look. Um, 
that's another iteration of that. Yeah. They're trying to be cat. So they get a T-shirt with a uh, sport coat and jeans. That's always Ooh. an interesting one too. So, so I let me just quickly here. Was at a friend's wedding. Family member of his. Sweatpants. No. Tennis shoes. T-shirt. Blue blazer. Oh my! Wow. That was real. It was real. And I will say, you can pull a lot of things off with confidence. You can make anything, <laughs> th- anything sound true with confidence. He had serious confidence. And I was almost justifying, he might be getting away with this. But I had to pull <laughs> myself back into reality and say, no, it's just a- rehearse what he's wearing. Can't do it. Not acceptable. Not acceptable. Take him to the side. Say, hey, brother, you're struggling. <laughs> You need help. I've got an extra shirt in the car for you. That's it. Be ready. Be prepared. (laughs) All right. Let's get to our MetaShare moment of the week where we we think of something, find something, bring something to you that that stood out, that jumped out. You know, it was special to me. Our boy, Danny Woodhead, former guest on Unpacking It, former NFL running back, played with New England, the Chargers, a fantasy football stud. He's retired. And guess what he does? He plays a lot of golf, and recently, this past week, he played in a local U.S. Open qualifier in Omaha, Nebraska, where he, he lives, and he posted a score of 71, Unreal. even par, and he tied for third place in the event, and now he, gets on, he goes on to the final qualifier for the U.S. Open. I guess there's multiple qualifiers, but he's going to be in one of them for the U.S. Open. This is a big deal. And, and so he's, uh, he's participated in past golf events. He played in the 2021 U.S. Amateur Four-Ball Championship at Chambers Bay. Uh, and so he'll now be in, in one of these final qualifier, qualifiers. Uh, there are 11 different sites, uh, two on May 23rd and one on, on June, or uh, uh, the rest of them on June 6th. Um, and so I'm not sure which one he's going to be in, but we'll be pulling for him. It's awesome. How cool would it be to see if he actually gets to the U.S. Open? Probably a long shot. But as we talked about on last week's show, Long shots are possible. Um, so we love that. And when we've had him on the show, he's talked about how much he golfs. So it's cool to see it pay off for him. Um, so very, very impressive for Danny Woodhead. That is our MetaShare moment of the week. Visit MetaShare.com slash unpacking it. MetaShare.com slash unpacking it. And we're grateful for their support of this show. All right, let's bring on. Henry Bienname for our final segment of the day. We call it Tap Drill. We take a look at some of the other stories surrounding sports in and out of the game, sometimes off the field, uh, sometimes broadcasting and everything in between. Henry, take it away, buddy. All right, boys, what's going on? Let's get right to it. All right, you guys talked about it earlier. Tom Brady has announced that he is going to be a football analyst at the end of his career whenever that is. And if you listen to the reports, he's getting what we, what the kids call the bag for doing it. Hmm. So boys, are you ready for Tom Brady, the football analyst? Should he retire earlier to jump into Fox? Or is this something that we can wait on a little bit? I'm, I'm very intrigued by this. I've enjoyed his show on Sirius XM. So I do think he can make it in the media but I'm just shocked that guys can jump all the way to the number one spot, and now he'll be the highest-paid sports broadcaster, as far as I know, uh, having never really done it and never done an actual game analyst role to, to jump all the way up at Fox is, is very surprising to me. And in some ways, it's, it's disrespectful to, to guys that have, have gotten the reps and have, have worked, the, you know, developed chemistry with a play-by-play guy. Um, and so... I would actually recommend that they don't put him number one like how does, right away. How does Greg Olson feel about this? Well, to me, Greg Olson is awesome, and he's going to have a long career in broadcasting. He's very solid, and he'll. I think over the years he might even get that number one spot somewhere. Uh, but he doesn't have the same big name as Tom Brady. So that's life. That's part of the deal. I understand the, the, the aura around Tom Brady and wanting him to be a part of Fox, but he's got to prove it. And, and so I'm surprised they were willing to pay him that much money. And, and then I'm also with the camp that is surprised that he's not going to be kind of in the front office or take time away from football to already announce this and to be locked and loaded following his career. That's, that's surprising too. So, so good for him. We'll Taking never, we'll never get rid of Tom Brady. 
taking a pay cut to play football currently. Yeah. Unbelievable. How about that? So, but I, I do want to ask you, you're a broadcasting purist, probably. You, your background is broadcasting. You love it. You're a broadcasting nerd. I guess you kind of hinted on it, but are you? would you say you're against him getting the number one spot, or you're just kind of surprised? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think you've got to earn that, that spot, and that spot can be taken away quickly too. So it's like how, how commit, as we're seeing with Drew Brees, which we'll talk about. So, I, you know, I, I think Tony Romo created this unprecedented situation to where he jumped into the booth and was awesome and, and rose to the yeah. top. Was he given the number one spot immediately? I don't think he was. I think pretty quickly. They I mean, it was quick. It was quick, but I don't think he had it before a hired. Maybe, I, maybe I'm not remembering correctly, but you're right. Romo was unprecedented contract-wise. The amount of money he got, nothing compared to, to TB12 now. No. Tony Romo's a poor man compared to what Tom Brady's getting. That's crazy. But I've, I've been reading some of the, the coverage, and, and Tom Brady has to be honest and can't give vanilla answers. Vanilla yeah. answers will not work. And, and he's, he's been you know, very by the book, hasn't ruffled a lot of feathers, as they say. Add that to our cliche bank. Um, and so we'll, we'll see, we'll see if, if he's able to, to actually speak truth. And because that's, that's what we want as fans in the middle of a game. We want the truth, not corporate answers. We're not interested in that. And so yeah. if Greg Olson is going to give us the truth, then we'd rather listen to Greg Olson. Yeah. We, don't, we don't care how many Super Bowls he has. We're watching a game. We want information. We want to understand the situation. We want to yeah. know what's really happening. And if you have to call out uh, you know, the guard for not blocking properly or yeah. the wide receiver for not blocking down the field, even though you played with that guy and you like that guy, you still have to be honest about it. You don't have to be mean, but you have to be honest about it. And remember, we're watching the game. That's what we're here to do. And we're primarily getting just the voice of Tom Brady. True. He's not going to get a ton of screen time. So – vocally, if he's not being honest, get him out of there because we're wow. here to watch the game. Well, the other thing is, with this is a Fox deal, not just Fox Sports. So I'm excited to yeah. see him now hosting The Masked Singer. So I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> Wednesday nights, Tom Brady. See you, Nick Cannon. We got Tom Brady hosting that. No right. more Tucker Carlson. Tom Brady's now the host at 8 o'clock on Fox News. That's right. uh, what else do they own? Uh, the Simpsons. So, so now he's gonna it's gonna be Homer and Tom Brady on Sunday right. nights. So yeah. uh, Tom Brady's all set. He's he's <laughs> he's ready to go. See him everywhere on Fox. No more Fox hey, and Friends. Tom like, uh, Brady Fox and Friends. Business Channel. Yeah. Fox hey, Business. Fox owns. Fox also owns the rights to to Friday Night SmackDown. So he might even we might even <laughs> sit here see him next to Roman Reigns over there That's with right. the money that he's getting. Yeah, he'll be on with Colin Coward at at, at noon during the week. Maybe call the World Series. If that's, well. that's on Fox, he might on. debate Skip Bayless. Well, I don't know if he'll debate Skip Bayless, being that Skip Bayless has a man crush on him. But that's a story for another day. Yeah. yeah now, we'll see him you, everywhere. Now, speaking of uh, speaking of what quarterbacks going into broadcasting, you guys also mentioned this. We have a quarterback that's going out of broadcasting. Drew Brees, as you guys mentioned, that uh, after one season at NBC Sports, he's leaving the broadcast booth and thinking about going back to the gridiron boys do we need drew Brees back on the gridiron are you surprised is are you surprised he he's done with tv well i actually am curious about bryce's answer here because do you want him back for the sake of the panthers do you think drew Brees has lost it completely bryce to where if, if he returned to the saints he would actually do damage to the saints because Jameis Winston, he was balling before he got injured. And I, I think if Jameis had stayed Ball. healthy, yeah, oh yeah. Sean Payton, well, now no Sean Payton, but Sean Payton had Jameis looking, I mean, they were five and two, I think. No, I think Jameis is fine. I think Jameis can be a starter still in the, in the NFL. I think he's, he's a good quarterback. We don't need Drew Brees. We said our goodbyes. We're not hurting to watch him play anymore. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see him take off his ginormous watch that he wears on TV, <laughs> and maybe maybe that's the win. He'll finally take off that massive watch that's way too big for his wrist, and then he'll be back on the gridiron. We'll see, though. 
Yeah, he's not he's not that he was not that interesting on, on NBC. And I used to always love the NBC coverage. I still love Dungey, but it used to be Dan Patrick and Tony Dungey and 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 Rodney Harrison. And I'd always enjoy that. Um now it's been it's kind of changed a little bit. We'll see where it ends up landing. But yeah, the Drew Brees experiment on on NBC was not the answer. So I don't think he'll have a big career in broadcasting. There was some some talk that he might go to Fox as well. I mean, maybe you can work on him a little bit, but yeah, he's too vanilla too. He's not interesting enough. Peyton yeah. Manning has a true like personality that people identify with. Like he's more of the everyman. That's why we love the, the, the Manning cast. And he gets to showcase that in that environment. Yeah. Um, Drew Brees is too, uh, he's just too buttoned up too too vanilla. I, th- I think he's better off. I don't know, doing certain kinds of promotions and involved in new Orleans, you know, work, whatever he's doing in new Orleans. He's probably more of a saints guy than a, because I'm a Panthers fan. I'm not a fan of Drew Brees. So I don't, yeah. I, I'm not excited to see him on TV. And I definitely, his ship has sailed as a player. I, I would be, it would be almost sad to see him come back and try to, try to play yeah. at this stage. He just had surgery. Come on, man. So, now, now right. speaking, now speaking of uh, ship sailing, let's ship over to the diamond where we, where we have the third, we have the era the St. Louis Cardinals, by the way. Where are the and- ships going in St. Louis? In the middle of the country? There's no, there's no ships in St. Louis. They're taking the rivers and streams there. The river. I guess the I guess taking a paddle the boat. That's fair. So we've got Albert Pujols here who's on his who's on his uh what what do you what do you call it when a guy retires and he's going around the last season of his, of his career? Farewell he's on tour. his farewell tour. Ooh. So in the middle of a blowout All win the for the Cardinals for the pop in circumstances, of course. He decides that he wants to volunteer and try pitching relief. Now, he gave up two home runs. It's a 13, it was a 13 to 2 blowout at the time. They wound up winning something along the lines of 15 to 6. But now he becomes the second player in baseball history to pitch and hit 600 home runs. So, boys, here's the question What athlete would you like to see try their hand in a different sport? A different sport or even a different position. Um, I know for me, I love when defensive players in football line up at the goal line, whether that's a big defensive end, whether that's a big you know defensive tackle on a running play. I remember the Panthers used to roll out uh, Julius Peppers, and I was always excited about that. Um, so, and, and I think you know uh, the old days when Deion Sanders used to play wide receiver; those were always fun. Um, so I, I enjoy that when, when guys play out of position in certain circumstances, it was funny with pool holes pitching, I guess in a blowout game, it's like, ah, whatever. But that was a a unique situation for him. Uh, that's, it's always, that's always fun in baseball too. When, when you see well-known players that get kind of thrown in there for, for one reason or another, uh, depending on the bullpen, but that, that, that's where I come out on that topic. Well, that reminds me of when Tony Romo almost got game time for a Mavs game suited up was on the bench and Carlisle didn't put him in the game. He warm up. It was his last season, I think. And he warmed up with the team was wearing Romo number nine. His name's on the court as a former Maverick. He was on, he was, Oh yeah. But Carlisle didn't sub him in, but he couldn't have actually played. Did he sign a contract? You can't, you can't just willy nilly take guys off the, off the street. For the sake of me envisioning this glory, I don't know. I'm going to pretend like it was possible. But he Uh, warmed up and and was on the bench for the game. Okay. I I I would love to see that. that. Because Tony Romo can actually hoop. He's a phenomenal athlete and can actually play basketball. There are some football players, especially wide receivers, that definitely can play basketball. Oh, yeah. And Allen Iverson was a great football player. He was. And so was LeBron. LeBron was a great football player in high school also. Yeah, I always held out hope for that. It's too late now, but for him to line up at tight end or something would have been a fun. lot of these quarterbacks. Joe Burrow could play like his high school tape in basketball looks pretty good. Patrick oh, Mahomes. I think we forget these quarterbacks, oh, even though they look entirely immobile compared to these DNs that run four four forties and are two hundred eighty pounds. These quarterbacks are great athletes, especially at the high school level. Crushed everyone probably. Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, guys, I've got to run. Actually, kind of a family emergency, so so please pray for my daughter, Maddie. She's uh, had an allergic reaction, so i got to get to urgent care. Uh, but great show. Thanks to uh, Henry and Luke and Landon. Uh, thanks, everybody, listening. 
Uh, appreciate the prayers. We'll, we'll talk to you uh, throughout this week. Look out for Wednesday's podcast with Cameron Babb. Unbelievable podcast. Unbelievable interview. You will be inspired, encouraged. It is, uh, wow, remarkable. So that's dropping on Wednesday. Uh, and then we'll talk to you next Monday for the live show. For these guys, I'm Bryce. I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected. And through faith, I've been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well. And I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. Have a great rest of your day. The message today was about discernment. Ask the Lord to give you discernment in all circumstances uh, throughout your day. And let's, uh, let's be aware of when people need us. Have that discernment uh, to know when they need a hug or when they need tough love. And, and when, when, when we can uh, discern between right and wrong as well. And so the Holy Spirit allows us to do that. Thanks so much for listening to the Unpacking It podcast presented by MetaShare.